Welcome, everyone, to another week with your host, Mordechai Weinberger and Harav Nissen. What an honor and a schuss to be here. I would like to make several announcements. The first one is, as we just heard, the major mega event that is coming up. That is, I'm having the schuss, I would say, to team up with Rabbi Yitz Greenfield, and together we want to create this annual mega event called Directions. And what that is, that will be an evening of discussing how to create relationships, working with your children, working in your Shalom bias. It is a beautiful evening, and we are also having the honor of having the famous psychiatrist, Dr. Ephraim Nudman, or Alfred Nudman, a very firm psychiatrist, but has a huge amount of experience. So we're looking forward to having you all there. And that is this coming Sunday, Mer at 645 in Bismarck's Kolyo. It's called SLC. It's on 805 Avenue T. Looking forward to having you there. To get tickets, you can either go on the jrootradio.com website or you can get it in Hoppies and Borough Park and in Eichler's in Flatbush. So you can get tickets as well as since this is to create an awareness, if someone is a Rebbe or a teacher and the price, because it will be an entrance fee, if it's a little too hard for you, no problem, call us up. And there will definitely be a reduction for those that are in Chinuch that would like it or that need it. If you have a hard time affording it, you can also ask. What I'd like everyone to know is that, Baruch Hashem, I would love to fill up the place to the max. And the information is fantastic. So that is one bit of information. Then there is the next bit of information. I am doing the parenting workshop, Meretz Hashem, starting next Tuesday. And the amount of numbers on people that have called up, signed up, is off the charts. And that number is 201-691-7626. And I also like when it rains, it pours. The Kerav Tony is also this Shabbos. Kerav Tony Shabbos, which is where they have the most amazing and inspirational speakers out there for an entire Shabbos. It is this Shabbos, so please come and join us. However, I would like to go back to the first bit of news, and that is with a mega event with the directions. All the money that comes in is I'm going to help jrootradio.com. We all have such, I have a huge hakaris, I'll tell you, for jrootradio. Everyone that listens has an appreciation for jrootradio.com. All proceeds go directly to jrootradio.com. This is my little way of giving back something and just appreciating to be part of this fantastic and amazing organization. For those of you that always want to help out and do something, not only will you gain for yourself, but every single dollar goes straight to that. So I find it a schusen and honor. And again, to get tickets, you can get at the door. You can go on the jrootradio.com. You can get it in Hafiz and Borough Park. You can get it in Eichler's in Flatbush. Go ahead, walk into the place, and just ask for the tickets for, for the Directions Mega Event. Merit Hashem, this Sunday, May 15th. And again, Kerov Tony coming up this Shabbos. What a schuss and looking forward. The number to call in, now let's start with the program, is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. And I just want to tell everyone, there is such excitement, such an energy in the air. The feedback that I'm getting is exciting. I hope with Siat we'll be able to get this feedback across the information, the message to everyone. So one more time, the number to start the program now is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858, and we look forward to taking your questions or and your comments. So, Rav Nissen, who do we have? 
Um, uh, we go uh, from Mrs. We've got R. Mrs. R. Mrs. On the line. R. Mrs. R. I want you to just to say. And I want to say that you can also call the seven one eight nine five one one three zero zero. Can call seven one eight nine five one one three zero zero and hello. Uh, hello, you hear me? Hello. Hello, hello. Yes, Rabbi, you hear me? Hello. Okay. Hello. Yes, I am. Yes, hello. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. You hear me? I, am I hear you. I don't difficulty hear with my phone, my so just give me... Hello? Yes, you yes, hear me? Hello. Rabbi, Rabbi Mordechai? Hello? Hello? Something... Okay, yes, we got it going. Hello? Uh, yes, you hear me? Oh, and I just lost it again. I don't know, it's just... Uh... Hello? Yes, you hear me, Rabbi? No, I'm just going to call right in. Okay, let me just try to get... Okay. So, Mrs. R, please stay online one second. Okay. Okay, so in the meantime, let's put some music until... Uh, before, I just want to remind that uh, if somebody wants a ticket and it doesn't have any access to uh, the outlet that we said, you can call 718-951-1300, 718-951-1300, and somebody will leave a message and somebody will call you. Yeah, we are back uh, with Robert Weinberg. Uh, hello, you're on there. Hey, thank you, yes, hello, you I am sorry for what happened. Okay, yes, hello. Hello, we're you hear me back. Now? Yes, I hear you loud and clear. Okay, I hear you too. Okay, um, thank you for taking my call. I called you last week. I was the last caller of the show. And okay, I asked you a sure. question about how to deal with someone in authority that has a personality disorder. And you suggested yes. I call back because we didn't have enough time. Good, so let's go ahead. That's one of the most heaviest questions out there. Okay, so the situation let's basically is... Let's go a little is, background. That's right. Okay, um... I'm going to try to keep it as anonymous as possible because I don't want anyone to figure out who it is. So hopefully right. we could do it. That makes sense. Okay. So it's somebody with authority that I need to follow what they say. But they do, they cross boundaries into personal, like, privacy without them maybe being aware of it because I feel that, that there's something wrong with them. So they do things without now, intentionally now, doing it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We already made it complicated for me. Okay, so... If you can keep the information private, but I need a detailed question. Like, they ask me, why aren't you coming for meals? They ask you, what's happening by your children? What so let, let's like, say it's a boss mm -hmm. in an office. Let's say it's right. my boss. It's not, but let's say. Right. And there, it's, it's a, let's say I cannot leave the job right now until I find another job. That's right. Because I won't have what to eat. That's right. Um, and I can 
I can protect, I want to know how I can protect myself from the invasion of, of boundary space without being, without creating a negative relationship because I really need to stay on the good side of this person. I can't now, get into let's a... let's recognize what a stira your question is, all right? Okay. Now, let me explain it to you. A stira for those listening means a contradiction. When a person with a personality disorder, and that means the person does not think health, they need to understand personality disorder is not someone that is controlling. It's not someone that is mean at times. It is someone that their entire view of life, their way of thinking is unhealthy for many, many, many years. And most mm -hmm. of the time, a personality disorder means they were raised in an environment that was extremely not healthy, and they were not able to get healthy within themselves. So that means now their way of thinking, and when we clarify one of the steps, how you know when someone's a personality disorder, they have conflict, manipulation, and control in almost every relationship that they have. The okay. only relationship... Everything matches. Have, what? Everything that you just said matches. That's right. Now, let's clarify. The only place that they do not have conflict in is with their employees, and I'll explain to you in a moment why, or in the women that have a lot of the personality disorders, the only place you hear they're successful with is when they are teachers, but for kindergarten and just about up to first grade or maybe second grade, because their, question, their authority isn't questioned. What that means is that employees are afraid to get fired, so they will just swallow and put up with the abuse. doesn't mean that they're healthy, but they use it as a manipulating tactic, saying, you see, I get along with my employees. Or when they are kindergarten teachers, they cannot take a position higher than that, where children that are so young, they will follow the rules or just follow them, and then these people can get along. Now, again, okay. one of the ways that I can tell when there's a personality disorder coming to me in the evaluation, now many times I've been fooled, is when I start asking about families members, how do you get along? And they start telling me this one's this one, not too good. And you start saying they have fights first with their family members, means with children or their husband or with their wives. And you start asking, okay, maybe there's an issue on the Shalom bias, which makes sense. But what happens the next step is, we start asking, how are you with your brothers and sisters? And then you start hearing, oh, we have fights there. And how are you with your parents? Oh, also a fight with one of them. And then how are you with, you start getting at all sides, there's conflict. But they always tell you, it's not me, it's I come from an unhealthy family. The more places you hear that they've having conflict around, it's within themselves. Now let's go to your question. The more a personality disorder person knows that you're afraid of them, or you're afraid of losing the job, the more they will control you, and the more they will threaten, well, I guess you're not loyal to the job. I guess you really don't want to be on the job because you're not really giving your best. Okay. So the minute you're saying that there's a personality disorder and you're afraid to lose the job, you must have the job, you've already put yourself in a major pickle. Means one of the ways that you deal with a personality disorder is you stick to your boundaries. I need to leave at 5 o'clock. Let's say it's work, and they want you, well, if you're loyal to the company, you stay later. But I need to leave. My job is 9 to 5. I can be here 9 to 6 days that's needed. Or if I'm told in advance, I need to leave at 5 o'clock. The way you mm -hmm. work with personality disorders is setting up boundaries. The way we need to work and why personality disorders on the family members is months of work. 
because the family members need to get strong enough to not be afraid of that. Okay. Now, when you said that you got this job, and if you lose it, you need this for your parnosa, you won't have what to eat, you now, if you're going to set up a boundary with them, you need to be ready for it not to work out. Mm-hmm. Now do you notice how much more complicated you've made the question? Right, because if I'm not giving you the truth scenario, that's the money, why. What? I'm not giving you the truth scenario, and I'm in a pickle now because... That's right. So don't. So let me just explain to you the short version how you deal with a personality disorder person is you first of all try to establish what's your job, job title. That's what we do with personality disorders. When they go, let's say it's a wife that has it, and then she starts telling the husband, how could you go to shop, the Davos chakras at 7.30? Don't you know it's more important you'll get a bigger mitzvah if you help your wife get the kids dressed and get them out of the bus? But what happens is it doesn't end at 8.30. Sorry. Then it's, why don't you do this, and why don't you do that? They're busy with an entire list of programs and things that you should have been doing that it's your fault that's not having on, and it doesn't end. And what the response usually gets to be is, my job is to go to Minion at 7.30. My job is to go to work at age 15. Your job is to know how to be a successful mother, that you can get the kids up, and if you need help, you can please go to a therapist or someone to guide you, but I need to do what my job is right now. The way you mm-hmm. deal with personality disorders are be very clear what your role is. You repeat your role, and you don't try to explain because they have a disorder in the way they mm-hmm. view life, and the therapy for them is actually teaching them tools how to view life, that when they're upset why no one is coming to their house for Shabbos, Instead of saying, oh, this one child turned everyone against me, you stop teaching them what are other reasons why they're not coming. Let's take it the other way around. What about the husband that's got the personality disorder? When the wife does everything and the husband says, why can't you just do this one thing for me? And the wife goes, I really could, but right now I need to focus on my job, and I'm sure you'll figure out how to do it. Okay, so, so can now I ask you You can question. only deal with personality disorders when you're strong within and unfortunately, okay. because you're afraid of losing your job, and they don't will have no issue at all dangling that in front of your eyes, saying, mm-hmm. well, you know, employees that are loyal get a raise, or employees mm-hmm. that are loyal get to stay next year. They know right. how to hit the buttons, and they know how to use it. Right. So is it a, so, so would you say that um, I need to make a clear boundary without being afraid of retaliation? Basically. That's right. That's right. And meaning, and I need to stick to my guns, even though they're going to maybe try to manipulate or Not maybe. Whatever. They definitely will use that against you. And depending okay. on how ill they are, most of the time they will back down. It means they won't fire you because they still know they can manipulate you somewhat and they might not want to go through the mm-hmm. whole process of training and getting someone else in. However, personality disorders can fire someone without blinking an eye, without worried about the consequences, and later deal with it, and then it'll always be your fault. Mm-hmm. So just be aware that they don't work so rational. It well, I know. There is no rational. borderline zero rational. Narcissist. It depends on what the diagnosis is. Uh-huh. Okay. So basically, in a short thing, I just need to be confident about my boundary. The minute I give in an inch, that's where I'm losing it all. That's right. And they will fall back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, do people, somebody like that would 
be intimidated by somebody who puts up a strong boundary? Of course they will. Either they will uh-huh. respect it or they will hate you and fire you. That is what happens with personality disorders in the marriage. That's why and you I can't just... just guide a husband or a wife how to deal with it. Uh-huh. It takes six months of therapy because they have to be safe and comfortable with everything that goes on. It's an inner power. It's not just words. So I cannot be scared of the repercussion, or if I am scared of the repercussion, I'm putting myself into it deeper. That's right. Now, look, I, 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 forgive me for the muscle that I'm going to use, but and I mean it in a pure way. There's a saying that animals can smell fear, like those people right, that have animals right. in their house or pets, like dogs, mm-hmm. cats, or whatever it is. They tell you, yes, the animal could smell the fear. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what personality disorders can do. Mm-hmm. I, I understand. So I cannot be afraid of a repercussion. I need but you to will stand. be afraid, and but you're allowed, to, again, like saying not be afraid is a hard thing to say. You can be afraid, but you know this is the right thing. You know, it's the confidence right. within. We're afraid when we have to stand up and speak. I we're hear. afraid when we have to stand up and speak. The thing that we're talking about, yeah, what we're discussing over here is about being confident within yourself. Okay. I, I think I understand. It's not something. It's not simple, but it's something that must be. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Okay. So um, I really apologize. We had some technical problem with the phone, but in order to, in a minute, we'll let's see if what happened. So, okay, yeah, we, now we, we have the understanding a little bit of what happens, unfortunately, if there is a personality disorder, and why, in my opinion, while there are fantastic systems out there dealing with personality disorders, my little issue with it is that it's not yet that popular. It hasn't become standard that if you that if a husband is coming to a therapy because he has a personality disorder, according to my system, it should be mandatory that the wife must be in therapy. And the same is vice versa. If the wife is in therapy for a personality disorder, then it should be mandatory that the husband has got to be in therapy for that. However, with Siata Deshmai, eventually these things might actually happen. Okay, okay I have one more question. question. Okay, go is ahead. It, is it wise to set a boundary on something that doesn't really matter just because you want to set a boundary? How about you answer that question regarding yours? You see, that's why I don't, I again, think I don't so. enjoy uh, theory. Personally, I think it is. That's, that's what Good. I want now, to do. Are you willing to that... set the boundary and lose your job? When you said you're going you're gonna to lose your job and you need that for bread and water, do you think that's important? Um, well, in my situation, I wouldn't lose the job over this, what I'm, what I'm referring to, meaning if something is not so important and I decide I want to say no just because I want to set a boundary. That's, is, you mean you can't answer it for me if it's I will never or not. answer it for any of my clients. I don't answer these questions. These are choices that you will make mm-hmm. that will now affect you for life. You're oh, the I only one that saying. can answer that question and then deal with the consequences. That's right, the I hear. Oh, okay, I understand. Six months of therapy, a year mm-hmm. of therapy. I'm talking about the spouse. What do you think they do if we could just tell it to you in 30 seconds? 
It means you're keeping the boundaries. It means you have to decide this boundary this time yes or that time no. Mm-hmm. It's about you'll, you'll keep your boundary five times and then you'll fall back the sixth time. And then you might actually, yes, get fired when you think that it, you won't, it won't happen mm-hmm. and it does happen. Okay. All of this is part of the process. I understand. Yeah. Okay. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. You're very, very, very welcome. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Yes. Okay, Ravnissa, now we are going to go to our caller from England. number to call in is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. What I would also like to remind everyone, we're just going to do it between callers because this is the last time Lena that I'm going to be mentioning it, and that is that we are having the big mega event, me and Rabbi Greenfield, and tickets are being sold in Borough Park and Hafties and Flatbush and Eichlers, and you can go ahead. The tickets are going to be in the, in the SLC on 805 Avenue T. It's for men and women, separate seating, and you're going to have me and Rabbi Yitz Greenfield about giving the main focus on how to develop relationships, skills, fundamental communication skills that will empower the family to be understood both to your parents, which means in the marriage, and with parents and kids. And we are also going to be having the noted Dr. Nudman actually doing me a favor and coming. And he'll be discussing, should I be scared of medication? Looking forward to having you all day. You can get tickets again, either online at jrootradio.com. You can get them in the stores. You can get them at the at the doors when you come. It starts at 645 this Sunday, Merit Hashem. And looking forward to having everyone. And again, Kerav Tony Shabbos is coming up this Shabbos. Looking forward to having everyone there. And my parenting workshop is starting, Merit Hashem, next Tuesday. We are going to the caller from England. Mrs. S. Yes, hello. Yes, hi. Yes, hello. I'm calling about my seven-year-old son. I think it's not a parenting question. Okay, let's go ahead and hear okay. it. And if it is, it is. Okay, you'll tell me. It's basically two issues in one. One thing, that he's a very big collector. That means that anywhere that he is and he finds something that looks interesting to him, even if it's a broken car, an empty roll of sellotape, anything, or just a broken box, anything, he'll just ask for it. And if he gets permission, he'll bring it home. The second thing is that he can't bring himself to throw anything out, not a paper that he's colored in or anything. He can't throw anything out. But the funny thing is that he's not majorly possessive over his things, meaning he could color a picture and leave it on the table and he will remember it, about it. Or a prize that he has, he doesn't, like, put it into his doorstep, nobody else should take it. But if I ask him to go through his things and throw things out, he, he can't bring himself to do it. He's like, it's a waste of money. He can't. Mm-hmm. Let me now go ahead and ask my classical question. Do yeah. any of you or your spouse have some form of anxiety? Not anxiety, but this collecting and not being able to throw out, yeah, it's in the family. Well, by the way, this, not the parents this, directly, this is but under in an the anxiety family. disorder. Just so you know, hoarding is under oh, an yeah. anxiety disorder. Yeah, so okay. usually it comes with a lot of stress. So let's understand that, yeah, imagine a kid is someone that we teach them what to do, and someone in the family or several people in the family teach them how important it is to save things and not to throw things out. 
So, do you think the kid would have an issue then? It would make sense if she's having an issue, yes, but it would, I don't it would teach think... them simple. Your kid is a wonderful, brilliant son. He learns well. Yes. He's a great student. Thank him. But the thing yeah, is, I don't think it's any of us at home. I don't think it's either me or my husband that do this. I think it's more like a generation higher. There's got to be something going on. Now, it's... It, I have this similar situation that's very that's a little frustrating to me. I'll share it with you. I've got clients coming in telling me that they don't have issues. While I could see the issue, their kids got the full. Let's take an example of OCD. Or even yeah. today, you know, what a person asked me to respond. I'll share with you a situation. I have a policy in the office. I don't take sanim or kalas because I have this huge pressure to have to see results in X amount of time. So I got one of them. Let's say it's a chasna or kala. I don't want to go into which one it is. All right. And they come, and there is severe issues there. Then I find out in the evaluation that the mother's got the same issue, but just not as severe, but pretty severe for many years, and the husband just puts up with it. So I don't take, and I break the rule because they beg me. They're from out of New York. Please, they don't have therapists. We take them into the center. Then I have the mother coming for therapy, and I have whoever that one, the, the other one is coming. And... The mother, we cannot even begin to break in to break the anxiety what's going on by her. And by the, the child, which is either the chasna or the kala, we're not able to get any results. They're just so lax, so stiff. I just want the problem away. They're not able to have any awareness as to what's going on and why it's there. And in my head, we're doing session the next week, the next week, and tick, tick, tick. There's a wedding coming up. We've got to get the person better. I say, you know something I try not to do, but before the wedding, we've got to start medication. We've got to get this hospital, this collar better. And then they go to a regular doctor, which I don't know what they present, and the doctor says, their local doctor, nope, they don't need medication. Here we've tried every step. We cannot break into the mother at all. The hospital, the collar, we're not having any results. We've spent six weeks on it, frustrated. I even, and since I manage, let's say, with the center, so I tried doing the session or two, getting in there. Nothing is moving. And I said, I'm sorry, I cannot help you. Being that the doctor is the expert over there, the doctor says, you don't need medication. Let the doctor now send to a therapist. This was about two months ago. Today they send me the message. They send me that whole heartache, guilty message that I told them two months ago. I said, I'm sorry, I cannot help your chasen or the kala. And now they tell me, can you please give me some chizik? And as if I'm blaming them, I'm not blaming, but I have a policy for those reasons. So now let's go back to you. <laughs> Yeah. The mother has no reason how she having anxiety, how is it really affecting the daughter, and especially she doesn't see how bad it is. Or right. she doesn't yeah. realize how her being stuck is there. I've got three, four other cases where I haven't accepted exactly for that reason. It means the mother's got slight OCD, kids got severe OCD, and they don't realize why it's not working on the kid. You're in an environment of OCD, and they're not even aware of it. So maybe you would say that either you or your spouse does not have a major issue with, with, um, with this anxiety with hoarding or with letting go of things, but there's got to be something there if the kids have it. There's a certain tension. I have the same thing with perfectionists. You've got kids that are severe perfectionists, teenagers severe perfectionists, and then when you want to talk to the parent, it's, I'm, I'm a high achiever. I'm an overachiever. I'm not a perfectionist. There's tension. You hear the pressure in the room just speaking to the parent. 
And then I then people start quoting me saying, Mordechai Weinberger says you got to see results in you know in five to ten sessions. If you don't see results in ten sessions, then the therapist isn't good. That's true. But what I do at evaluations many times is people don't say the other part. They say sorry. I've done several evaluations today, and I told someone, you're minimum two years of therapy. Because you're so blocked, the situation is so blocked. Now, I don't know if it's two years, if it's a year and a half, or it's going to be five years. But what I'm saying is it's not ten sessions, and you're done. So let me give this awareness and share it with you now. As much as you're saying it's the generation back, before you, let's say it's either your in-laws or your husband's in-law, your husband's parents, it doesn't matter where, your parents, your husband's parents, mm-hmm. If it's continuing, means the one who is their parents or their aunts and uncles or their grandparents, please go for therapy and you'll see how there still is those tension in there, those parts in it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to say is if we see it skipping a generation, we could say genetic, we could, I don't like saying genetic. From my experience, if it's a child of that, the child of that and the parent of this kid there's going to be some component of it. Either they're going to be very loose, like not wanting to hoard everything and upset whoever hoards, or it's going to be the other way. Or the other way. They'll be hoarding too, just not as much. Or they have to fight themselves. And sure enough, the kid's got it. But let me ask you, is it two different things? Could it be that from one side of the family, um, she's got the collecting, and from the other side, it's like got this hoarding? Um, of course. Everything is possible. The point is, what's is the method of therapy? You can do the short-term therapy of send them to a therapist, teach them how to let go, teach them how it's okay, and that's okay, that's good. That let is me ask very good. you, if, if, let's say, I don't want to go to therapy, yeah, let's, then yeah. he needs to go to therapy, there's no other way of doing it? Well, let's of. change the words. Why do we use the word therapy? Let's change the word therapy. Okay, let's take out the word, this yeah. word therapy triggers so many people, so I don't even want to trigger yeah, I anyone. You're asking me now a question that you have a son that hoards. Okay, go ahead. Change it. Stop it. Just stop it. I I know it's not easy to stop. I thought maybe you would be able to give me an easy idea. Wait, hold on. Wait, wait. Are you asking me advice? That's already contacting a therapist. No, ask your friend. Ask your neighbor. Take out the word therapy. No, I knew from them I'm not going to get... Oh, so what you're saying is you need someone with experience that knows about this to help you. Exactly. Right? Do you know what that word is called? Therapy. Right. So when I say Uh go to a therapist, you go, well, does he need therapy? Forget about the word therapy. You need someone with experience in hoarding to guide you. If they can guide mm-hmm. you and do it through you, good. If not, then maybe your kid will need more. So, need someone to teach him one on one. Does that make I sense? Uh, it makes sense. Yeah. Harv Nissen, what do you say to this? You know that I'm not therapist, but <laughs> I know. But <laughs> um, no, I want you chachmas achayim. No chachmas achayim. That uh, when when you when you need a plumber, you call a plumber. We need something to uh, uproot uh, from your soul, and you go to therapist. I would say that uh, this issue is, uh, it seems like it's a, a mm-hmm. kind of, uh, I don't know, to call it a uh, habit or bad habit. And That's you right. S- you, start, you have to get out, you know, many times you have somebody to, to you know, even to, to uh, bite your nail, right? 
And yeah. you, you cannot mm-hmm. help it yourself. You cannot help. So you're trying to do somebody else. Help. You know, some people put you a tar on the, pa- on the paper, on the, you know, add paper on the nails, try to get it out. So this is the, what, you know, you're not doing to this to your son or to yourself, but uh, trying to get some help that people uh, will help you to see how to get out from the situation that you are right now in. Uh-huh. That's right. Okay. Okay, uh, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, and, and I just want to mention that story with the, with the mother or with the chasna or the kaula, whatever that should be, mm-hmm. the whole situation, they ask for chizuk. And my word of chizuk is keep on getting advice, keep on growing, keep on going. They reached out to me, they flew in to hear my evaluation, we tried to do therapy, we tried to do everything, keep on going, just because I wasn't the right shliach, and just from my katna samoich and from my small understanding, that was what we tried, you can have, I've had many times people, they go to someone else that was, Baruch Hashem, very successful. So again, mm-hmm. everyone's got to try and keep on trying and just get different of opinions. But I hope from your question to create the awareness, if your kids have issues, your parents have the same issues, go ahead and realize while you think you're healthy, maybe ask your spouse if it's still in you and work on it. Okay. Thank you. Good. Thank you. Our like to take next. Yes, we take uh, Mrs. Y. Mrs. Y, you're on the air with Mordechai and Herb Nissim. Hi. Hello. Um, I have a question. Um, I have a two-year-old. Um, she's just one thing. Recently, you just know that we have yeah. a policy that we don't take parenting questions on the phone, Parent- on, under, on the radio, under questions, kids under the age of eight, because most of the time I'll say oh. it's a skills-based question. Okay. I mean, okay. it's more of an anxiety question than that. But. And I'll probably tell you it's age-appropriate and it's normal. That's chances are what you're going to hear. But go ahead. Uh, okay. Thanks for listening. <laughs> um, she is, has been fearless, really, until now. She usually, um, when we walk outside, she runs away from the carriage. Um, two weeks ago, she started um, becoming very scared. Like, she won't. She'll either want to sit in the carriage or be held when she's outside. She will refuses to even be put down on the sidewalk. Um, so I want to know kid? if this is, yeah, yeah. I want to know if this is something that needs um, therapy or not. Yep, but you, which means not therapy. You need just guidance. Take a good parenting workshop. And. Uh-huh. I'm even giving now a parenting workshop, and I don't know if I would really recommend um, my parenting workshop for you, just because there's a lot going through my head in your question. That That's all that's going on. Let me ask you, how close are you to your parents, to your mother, and ask her advice for this? Oh, I'm close. What, what was your mother's suggestion to this? Oh, I, I didn't ask her yet. Okay, why not? Why not? Um, the question just came up recently. Like, I didn't notice until, like, yesterday or something, and I just... All right, so let me just ask you, isn't it usual and common that, like, someone would go straight to their mother and just ask a question? You know, if it's the first child, this thing just happened. Yeah. I, I was going to call her, but I... The, this show comes on now, so I decided... To okay, call right. Her. So I'll just leave it at that. Okay, good. So then I speak to your mother. Yeah, you'll okay. just hear the regular wisdom of a mother. There's, there's, yeah. I'm purposely not asking the question, answering the question directly. 
But okay. yeah, I think your mother will be able. To, you know, I think a parent will be able to guide you. Thank you. You're very welcome. So we look forward to your questions and your comments. The number is seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. And yep, Robinson, who do we take next? Mr. M. Mr. M, you're on the air with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Is that me? Yes. Hi. Uh, I have a question. First of all, I want to thank you for the show. Uh, just want to tell you that uh, I was like, I'm sorry, I'm going to mix a few words in Yiddish. I hope it's not a problem. Go I ahead. Like a real, I, I always love those. Okay, I was a real, like reading a clem, like, uh, yeah. like her, like in a spot. Clem and I really looked in a stuck position. It's stock positions, that's okay, that's the term in English. And I really didn't know, like, where to turn to. Uh, so, I don't know, we can break it up in a few questions, because you, I just, by talking to you, I have a new question already. Uh, yeah. which, that's not a reason for the call. Like, when I said I don't know where to turn to, I don't even know anyone to whom to go to. We always say go to a therapist, ask a question. I don't even know to whom. I, I, don't, know, I don't know a person that I can go to. But that's a side point, if you can answer me on that one. After well, what, I ask, good. What is your question? My question is like this: I'm both married, and uh, we have children, and uh, my wife is a very, very special wife, extraordinary special. Ibigaden, uh, I don't know how to say it in English. Mm-hmm. Very, 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 very Ibigaden. She used to work also, like for many years. She used to bring in Parnassa. And my question boils down, for the last few years, she doesn't, she stopped working, I'm working. And in their family, they're, they're me, like very, very best of the It helps me out yes. to start with a question first and then the history. Okay, so, first so the question is, question, she wants to go on vacation. Tell told me the question and then you'll give me the history. All right, the question is, she wants to go on vacation. She wants okay. to spend, she told me about, she asked her how much it's going to cost, six and a half thousand dollars. I'm a person... The struggles to pay my bills, yeah. which means really let's struggling. Stop a second. So your question is: Let's just, without giving history, your wife wants to spend six and a half thousand dollars on vacation, and you have and to I'm struggling paying the bills. Okay. Now, what's your question? This is the story. What is your yes. question? My question is that I don't know what to do. She she's like totally upset at me. She and the children. She comes from a family. Let's stop. No, I don't want the history yet. Let's go straight okay. to the question. It doesn't sound okay. like you're married for two or three years. It sounds like you're married longer. Yes. Good. Is this the first time she wanted something outrageous? No. Is there something that you can't afford? No. No. So this is like the thousandth time. Yes. Thank you. But so the now difference let's is... Your question out. You see how much, how much more different your question is now? Then when you started, the first question was, I'm married for many years, and also my wife has something that she wants, and I can't afford, I can't afford it. Now, if that's a normal, then you guys will work it out like you do everything else. However... No, we can't. That's a problem. She gets, like, totally, she stops talking to me. She's like, she's losing on me. question is different. Your question is, you are married for many years. Throughout all the years, she always wanted things out of your means, and you always gave in, and you always did it. Now it's something so astronomical that you don't even know how to make it work, and that's why you're calling up, correct? That's not really the fact. No, in the past, oh, maybe... Oh, no. so clarify, it, what is not the fact? What part that I said isn't correct? You said I always gave in. I didn't give in. In the end, 
Yes, I was forced well, to do it to do it. Let no, me I didn't, I, well, I was so you putting up, I was fighting. Then you gave in 95% of the time. Yes. Good, thank you, Mazel Tov. Not much difference than the way I am. I'm already very big. I'm talking as a clinical point of view. From my point of view, you're codependent, you're giving in. She learned that no, the, the more you put up a fight, the more you give in. Those are one of the biggest secrets that I have in the first parenting workshop in the first class that we go. And that's as follows. If your kid cries for two hours, and then you're going to shout at them and put them to sleep. But meanwhile, for two hours, you're busy fighting. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. I tell them, do your kid a favor and shout at them at the first minute. They'll go straight to bed, and it'll help you and help them. They, you're training them that when you shout is when you're serious, and that's when things happen. And what we teach you in the parenting workshop is how to be serious without shouting that it should happen the first times. So now let's take that muscle to you. You've trained your wife that when she throws a fit, when she fights, at the end, you'll give in. So what I'm telling you is just give her the $6,500 now because you're going to give in anyhow. You know you're going to get some stress. She might threaten she'll leave, and then, oh, but she'll buy it. The Rambam says you're supposed to come up with any money in the world to help a marriage and all those fatayr and whatever might have to you want. I've heard the best ones out there, and all in the name of Hashem, why husbands and wives gave in all the time when the Das Torah told them matter. So now... I'm sorry, I missed that point. Can you repeat the last point you said? The last point is that you're going to give in based on your programs. First of all, do you think, do you listen to the programs that we have over here with me? Yes, yes, I listen to all the programs on number one. Because I talk about this, what are the two number one diagnoses that I discuss are always in the from world? Uh, You said the first, the top diagnosis is... uh, Perfectionist. I I don't want you to feel like on test, like, you know, be afraid. Perfectionist? No, no, I said perfectionist. And then you mentioned another one, which you also, which I can't remember now. I'm very very consistent. Number one, perfectionist. Number two, codependent. Do you know what codependence is? Do you remember what codependence is? Not exactly. All right, so it's a long parsha. Very, very long parsha. I've got a program that you could listen to, and there are several programs. In short, my friend. You need therapy. It's not. There's very place, simple place where to start. You start with codependence. You call up relief. You call up echo, and you find out who's a therapist that deals with codependence. Codependence means you are weak within yourself. You're not able to say no and stick to it. And when you say no, you feel guilty afterwards. And then if she doesn't talk to you or whatever manipulation tool she will use, you follow. You give in. But you just said that that's the right way to do it because he, you know, she, if she says she's going to leave, she's up. Uh, no, no, no. I she, didn't say it's the right way. The next thing I say about codependence is that it's about six months to a year and a half of therapy. That's the next thing that I say. You want to get in about 30 seconds on a, on a, on a radio program that's not detailed? I find myself speaking now condescending, like a little cynical, so I'd like to change that. Let's just put it this way. You're asking one of the most... I shouldn't say most. You're asking a complicated question that takes years of therapy on your part before she even shows up to therapy. You're asking a very complicated question. It's like I'm asking you now something about Hilfus Erevin, you know, just the kids are so how do I make an Erev around my house? How big is the city? What's going on? And you're saying, and I'm not the issue, just an Erev, just little stuff. By the way, the side point, I did start to go to therapy a few months ago. Uh-huh. And I really, after a few sessions, after I told him everything that I have to say, I felt like coming into the session and there was nothing to speak about. Oh, like, well, why am I here? I don't know. I, I, like... have no, I am shocked. Any skilled therapist would have a year and a half of what to talk to you about. 
Usually Number they want one, you to talk, talk. so we sit down, and he's waiting for me aggressive. to start talking. Big deal. That's marriage. You get upset. You say something. You're giving in. You can't afford something. You can't say no. How many other places are you pushed all over your life where you can't say no? I can't imagine. I say no, but she's very upset about it. And then, and that's the next step of the work. And why do you care? I'm saying, that's marriage. I know in my marriage I've had it. My wife has told me no at times I've been upset, and, she to- and I told her at times. What about you, Rav Nissen? Do you know any normal husband or wife that didn't tell their spouses no? <laughs> yeah, it's not, I think it's not only the relationship between the husband and wife. It's a, a general, you know, and the people that try to find, you know, the, the kindness, the, the, the weak point by you. And trying to, uh, I, I don't say the word abuse, but, uh, um, you know, working on the, on this issue that, uh, you know, I, I want to say something to Reb Mordechai, you know, by, 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 by things that, uh, you know, it's a few times that you mentioned therapy for a year and a half, you yeah. know, two years. It seems like very somehow, somehow like putting people in, in a dis- somehow a desperation. But I, I think Thank that you. Uh, I... I I would say that uh, yes, you need you need to work on it, and uh, you know, time it depends on depends on you, depends on what you're going to gain from the your therapist. And I, I understand that time is, is very long; it's it's a long time. But I, I wouldn't put uh, numbers and date on this because it seems like very harsh on uh, to the people. Yeah, let, let me add another fact. Hold on, Rav Nissen, so maybe help me out. When yeah. I say things over here on the radio program, people quote me, and they almost trap me. And you're right, which means codependence really depends on the situation and depends on the person, depends on the marriage. Well, what happens is, like this wonderful gentleman over here, you're not even aware of 60% of the issues that's going to come up once you start therapy. Because I'm a therapist, this is what I do, which means you're focusing now on your wife. When we really come into therapy, I start helping identify how many other places are you being pushed around by people. For example, even in shul, how many times do the people that they dump on you, you have to do this? How many friends will call you up at night when you want to go to sleep and they start laying the guilt and you've got to help them? How many of your children do that to you? Yeah, that's, that's the point that I said. It was outside of the house. That's, that's what I'm saying. Right. So when I see a year and a half of therapy, I'm not talking about just you and your wife. What happens is, as we start telling you the simple thing, so your wife's upset, it's okay. <gasps> no, but now she spoke to the kids. Now my kids are on this side. Ah, so now Correct. How, did you figure, how did you figure this out? My <laughs> friend, you are, this, this is what we deal with all day. This is what we deal with. <laughs> so all now all my children are all, she, when she talks to my children, she, course, this year we're not going on vacation, Tati's not coming. She's a good parent because she always takes them and takes them on the trips, and, and you're the one that has to figure out how to do it. We always say that the codependent parent that's macro of themselves for everything never ends up getting blamed at the end. That's why I tell people, go work on your codependence, because if you think you're staying for the children, for them to appreciate you, they don't anyhow. 10, 15 years down the line, you're going to be the blame. And then they go, Oy vey, Mordechai, I wasted my entire life. This is classic. I just want to, I'm going to... Open up over here. I have several programs for you to listen to that it's free on my phone line. Shiram and Blee Nether. Jayrud has asked me several times to give it to them. I was just able to put them all together, so I will send it 
to our wonderful Mr. Aaron. Unbelievable. It takes care of everything and helps us out. He should be able to put it over here for... For us great. over here at the J-Root. Great, to great. Them. This is really something that... We're really sorry. What will what, be the no, title? I, I listen... Okay. Uh, under which bot is that going to be? It's in That's section one, for some, for call number one. Under number one, one, there is the first one, which you'll find yourself, codependence, which is number nine. So the first one for you to listen to is codependence. Number one and then nine. Nine. Then, after you hit one, another program for you to listen to is number six. Caught in the trap of regret. What happens to people that are codependent, even when they're strong, they have harata. Whatever they do, they beat themselves up. I should have done it more, or I should have done it different, or I should have done it better. The next one, which is an extremely important one under Section 1, when you're dealing with your situation and those are listening, is number 16. Stop negotiating with terrorists. And we're not talking that your wife is a terrorist, but what we are saying is that you need to learn how to say no, and whenever you say no, the person will usually use certain terroristic methods, which is laying guilt, repeating over and over, blaming you, telling others about it, maybe embarrassing you publicly, not starting the silent treatment, all the different systems we discussed there, and you need to be able to say enough. It's stopping here. Then there is another program, number 53, which is Know Your Rights. It's extremely important for you to know in your mind what I'm allowed. To, this is my right. I'm allowed to say no. I'm allowed to say my budget stops here, and of course you should go on a $6,500 trip vacation. In fact, take a $10,000 trip vacation. Just figure out how to pay for it. I'm sorry. What was the last point? safe, knowing your rights. Okay, now I have an, uh, you just said that you should, you should never give in. From my uh, experience, did I say that? I've, no, <laughs> you didn't say it exactly this word. You said you, <laughs> no, you, you shouldn't well, break yourself for terrorists. Over here, help me out. <laughs> you shouldn't fall what for terrorists or you shouldn't give in. You, Wait, I want to have this to clarify, please. Did I say uh, never give in? What type of show on bias would anyone have if they never give in? I, 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 nobody said it. I said it. Yeah, so. can you tell me what I said? You do it because I'm a negabedover. <laughs> I think that uh, the, the, it's it's work about uh, first of all work about yourself, but trying to to find where you where is your weakness pe- pe- uh, point, you know, and see what is important. What, and I tell you that when when somebody is bringing every uh, ammunition and suddenly bring the kids and the neighbor and the mother-in-law and the father-in-law and all together and starting attacking you all over and you feel like a trap in the cause or give up. Uh, this is something that, you know, we, we said that uh, when somebody put you on the, the, on the cliff, either you uh, fall or attack, uh, you know, I don't know what, yeah. to, I don't want to say uh, fight yeah. back. It's a time that you gain and stand and say, that's it, you know. And when you go, a kid's running a bike in the wall, you know, they're starting running a bike and go, go to the wall one time, two times. In the end, he learned to that uh, the wall wouldn't move and he moved it, you know, the bike is uh, going to another direction. I think that's, that's the point. The point is that uh, Mordechai said that you have to know how to um, play or I don't know, not to play, play is not the wrong word, but how to, to behave in this kind of uh, a terror attack. Now, do you realize how you're asking complicated questions 
And that's where therapy comes in. So if you went three, four times to therapy, I don't know why you still have these questions. All these questions is what's meant to be addressed in the therapy process. Mm. Makes sense. Now, if I can boil down to the the reason, I mean, to the question, what I called. Huh. To, to my wife, she claims that vacation is more important for her. I, I told her I don't have to pay the bills, so she said you do have. Yeah, you have even more than you need. So I told her, okay, so if I have, I want to put it away for a down payment you know, to marry off the children. So she said for her, this is more important than a house. It's, it's like a necessary thing. You have to pick it up. Wonderful. That's classic. Yes. Now, what's your question? So, so the question is, do you think, if she, if she says, if that's true, let's say it is true, <laughs> should I spend that money rather than saving for a down payment? Or Let me ask you a question. In therapy, I would shift this back to you. Do you think if it's more important than a house, do you think a healthy person I don't think she go thinks. to work and try to help out? I'm sorry, she should work. Imagine it's so important, this vacation. What is she doing to help out to get this vacation? She is actually, uh, she is actually trying to, uh, and, uh, entrepreneur, she's trying to come up with a Great. new uh, so thing. let her save up. But she's not earning any money for the last few, three, few years. Wonderful. So then get a job for $400 a week, $300 a week, and let her save up. In 10 weeks, she'll have $3,000. In 20 weeks, she'll have $6,500. She doesn't want to take a job uh, for, for, for $400 here's, here's, I want to shift it back to you. You see what you're doing? Because you're still stuck in this area, and as I said, all these questions, you first got to understand what's the situation. Then you're not even yet at the place to be strong. You're still caught up in her view. Notice, you have to work. You got chayvus. You have a, a place where you want to get to, and you have a wife. Okay, let me give you another one of those free sessions that you're going to get an idea. We one of the things we help a person in your situation is first listen to the age that your wife is speaking, not her age and her physical body. How mature would you say a person is to say, "I need my vacations regardless of the price, regardless of marrying off the kids. I need this toy." Do you think a 16-year-old would say, no, I want my vacation, I don't care about getting married? What age speaks that way? Small children. Give me the age. Good, I agree with you. Give me the age. Up to, uh, I would say, 11, 10. Yeah, exactly. I I have a 12-year-old. No, I even have a 10-year-old that would, if I give him a choice, Either your marriage or your vacation, they'll probably say, no, marriage, but give me a smaller vacation, something more affordable. So we're talking about under the age of 10. Yeah. One so of now the I'm coming back. We first have you realized, before we're what to tell her, is first how old does this person sound, and that's the maturity level. Now you're treating her look based on her body that she's married to you. There is so many sessions, so much awareness that needs to happen when there is the situations that you're going through. Let me share with you the next bit of information that takes weeks to hear. No one gets codependent as you are unless they come from a family where either the mother or the father was very tough and strong and the other one gave in, or they are both very strong and you try to make everything work and you're always trying to make shalom bias between the parents and make everything work out. You cannot be so severely or so strongly codependent unless you are saving your family as a young child already. And that you're correct. currently still doing it. Every time there's a problem in the family, you are the one that That's is the correct. one they're turning to. Correct. That's I'm right. amazed so of your... Uh... This isn't an issue with your wife, and we don't even want you blaming your wife for what's happening. 
This is your issue that you are missing tools how not to be codependent. You're missing the tools that you value. You're missing the tools when to say, I understand you have needs, but I have equal rights as you that I have needs. Can I ask a question? example of codependence that they share in the, in the books or in the Yiddish ones is as follows. Two bacharim in dormitory. Both are laying in their bed, and one bachar tells the other one, I'm so thirsty, could you please go to the soda machine and get me a soda? So bachar A asks bachar B, and bachar B thinks, I'm in bed, you're in bed. We're two feet away from each other. I should get you a soda? You want a soda? You go get it. So that's what B tells A. You know what A tells B? Oh, you're not a yid, because you're not doing a mitzvah chesed. Do you hear what's going on over here? That's what's happening over here. But and what if we she... need to be able to teach our children and teach our teenagers is there is a time for the mitzvah of chesed. And you speak to Rav about it, and there's a time that's called abuse, manipulation, and controllers. And you need to learn the difference. You weren't taught as a kid you were taken advantage of, and you need to learn it. So your wife is just another place where you don't know how to say no, where you don't know how to say, I understand you have needs, but I also have needs, or I have rights to my needs. Let me go back. Did you say before, uh, got, right in the beginning uh, of the we, question? Uh, my friend, this is listen. cold therapy. We've given you more time. We've got 30 seconds left, so <laughs> I want to thank you for your time. Thank and you so much. And I would much. like to announce one more time, reminding everyone listening in that, Mary Hashem, this Sunday, May 15th, there's going to be the big mega event, me, Rabbi Greenfield, and Ephraim Nudman, Dr. Nudman, psychiatrist, and Harvness. I'm sorry. I see we, we missed you over here. Me, no, it's Harvness, all right. I, I'm, and, I'm uh, the technician. I'm the technician. It's Rabbi okay. Greenfield, we're going to have after the program, we're going to have the questions and answers. Harvness is going to be joining the panel. <laughs> uh, I want to ask him one question about the throat and another. Are you uh, really have no money? This is my question because you, in between your line, you just said uh, this is for the next show. You know, say that even if it's true that I have money. So just think about it, okay? Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. You're very welcome. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the number, the place to sign up is on the website, jwritradio.com, and it's going to be an SLC 805 in the Bismedrish of Kolyo, 805 Avenue T, and you can get tickets in Borough Park and Hafiz, in Flatbush and Eichler's, or you can get at the door, and if you're a Machanoch, if it's hard for you to come up with something, or to pay the full amount, show up, we will work with you. The goal is to create awareness, and all proceeds go to jrootradio.com to help. We want to fill up the place. We want to create an awareness. We want to create health. And we want to do this annually. Looking forward to having you there. Harav Nissen, thank you. Thank you. And everyone, and have a wonderful evening. Thank you.